Hello, hey, hello. Hey, James, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Uh, I legitimately hate living here. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to do my podcasts, let alone these. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks. The only right. room that I can do uh, the podcasts on is uh, this room, and there's no internet. So we're I doing it you, on man. the phone. So It's tough. But uh, let's get started. So um, we're going to be talking about, if anybody's listening out there, um, we're going to be talking about um, our favorite movies. Um, we, we decided to start off um, when we first originally were going to do this. We started off with underrated movies. And we were previously talking about some underrated movies. And um, the, some of the movies that I mentioned were uh, Devil's Advocate, fantastic movie with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. And um, it, it, it's one of those movies where, it, like, when I was first watching it, I don't know about you, but when I was first watching it, I never predicted that Al Pacino was going to be the devil and his father. Like, I could never, like, predict that. It's a fantastic movie. Just a great, great movie. Um, another movie that I came up with is Butterfly Effect. Just, I love the direction that they went in with, with Butterfly Effect. And I felt like they experimented with a lot of different stuff and they tried new things. Um, and they were very innovative with the things that they tried. And I just like movies like that where they kind of like travel back in time and they experiment with a lot of different stuff. And I thought it was just a really great, great movie. Um, and... Um, I don't. I forget when it came out. Would you say it came out like in, in like the early two thousands or something like that? Yeah, it, it came out. Um, wow, man. And we talking about the butterfly effect? What were we talking about? Yeah, Ashton Kutcher's in it. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, it's uh, between like about two thousand two thousand ten. It's one of those. Yeah, and and he was great in it. Like. I feel like not a lot of people take him seriously, but when he was in that movie, like he was just like so, so great in it. Um, he might've been a, um, nominated for some awards in that movie too. I, I think, um, I just can't think back that far, but, um, I really enjoyed that film. And, um, another film that comes to mind when it comes to underrated films is, is ready or not too. um, hmm. I love that film. It came out recently, I believe, 2019. Um, and it had mm. the Australian uh, girl in it. Um, mm. uh, Weaver, Samara Weaver, I think her name was. Um, yeah. She was she was great in it. Um, I, I never really seen her in a lot of films, but she she crushed it in that role. Yeah, she's, she's pretty underrated. I'm talking about she underrated. Really she's an underrated actress. And uh, the last underrated movie, uh, probably won't be the last of this segment, but uh, for now, uh, I really, the last one I can think of for now is uh, Lovely Bones. Uh, mm. it, was, it was not directed by like an underrated director. It was directed by Peter Jackson, but uh, the cinematography in that movie was spectacular. The storyline was great. Um, a lot of melancholy in that movie, but there are some things that make the movie very interesting and um, the critics just like completely review bombed it. I, I think they did personally, everybody's got a different opinion, but I think they did. Um, I remember um, my buddy who, who went to full sale university, he was a film student. Um, he, he recommended it to me and I saw it and I was like, how does this movie get this many bad reviews? Like this does not make any sense at all. And uh, it just was, Really great movie. Um, Mark Wahlberg's actually in it, believe it or not. Um, that's one of the bigger actors that I can think of that are in that film. Now I'm going to see it. if I can. I'm going to see if I can um, name movies that like. Like I'm not going to name things like Independence Day or like the even even Godzilla like in 1999 I believe it was with Matthew Broderick. I, I like that movie, but most people know that movie, you know and it's well enough known all these years later that like, who knows whether it'll be considered, you know, a classic, at least within, um, you know, the genre, at least within action. Um, 
Yes. So I'm going to go with stuff that, like, I can say are legitimately underrated movies, not just movies that are like, you know, like that. We're talking about 20 years later, and everybody still knows that movie. Everyone. So, um, like, everybody knows Independence Day. Like, who doesn't? You know, like, they did a sequel, which was terrible recently, but they did it because everybody still knows it. Um, so I'm going to go with stuff that's, like, I think the most popular one that I'm going to do is The Social Network. Because that came okay. out fairly recently. And because that was linked to, like, legitimately Facebook, um, you know, it is fairly popular. But I think within the next 10 years, it'll probably fall by the wayside, you know, and I'm also going to go with things that are like, if I'm being completely fair, uh, like I'm going with, I'm going to name a movie that's for kids here, you know, Um, you remember the Muppets, right? Yes, I do. So the Muppets have a lot of different movies and most of them suck, um, or at least from the perspective of an adult, they suck. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said muppet treasure island is unreal it still holds up um it, it, it's it, it's one of the what's the word for it because it's not like it's absolutely hilarious it's you know it's something that kids will enjoy absolutely but the way that it's filmed is oddly refreshing and um i don't know you you feel like I know what it's like to be on a boat. You know, I know what it's like to be in the Caribbean. Um, In an odd way, it makes you almost feel like you're there. Um, That's why I say it's like, it's a very underrated movie because even as an adult, I dig it, you know, and there are actually, um, you know, how like certain things they have like inside jokes that make things funny, like for adults, because we get it. Absolutely. It's one of those. So it's not what just What is it called again? Oh, it's uh, Muppet Treasure Island. It's on Disney. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, I watched that. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, very underrated. And there's a lot did, of Muppet movies. So did, uh, did Disney make that movie? Yes. Disney surprisingly had some good movies back in the day. Um, you know, some people think they're cheesy, but uh, I really enjoyed like Hocus Pocus and... Um, there was another movie with um, the the Power Ranger girl who, mm. um, who who came back as like an angel and, and tried to warn some kid. Uh, Susie Q, uh, do you yeah. have you ever seen that? It was a yeah. really old movie, but Disney like used to come out with some older movies that were were pretty good. Um, nothing spectacular, but still decent back in the day. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Disney has a lot of underrated movies. But because of the way that Disney is, like the bad stuff that Disney makes, it's got a terrible label. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it super helps that um, they have the Star Wars rights now. They have the Marvel rights now. Um, like, <laughs> if you want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean, you even go there. Um, so, uh, yeah, Disney is starting to correct its name, so to speak. Um, they are. I like that. It's nice. It's 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 good to see them rebranding. You know, um, absolutely. So um, let's jump into it, man. Let's 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 you know really get into this because I got a whole bunch. Um, yeah, especially actually, because you know we did a first take on this, and yeah. we went through like a couple, and now I got it really refined because like I was I, I named King Kong in in the first uh, in the first segment, the first you know test run, so to speak of this mm-hmm. segment um and king kong i feel like is is just high budget and just well known enough that it's barely you know underrated it's barely in this category um so i feel like that's the line to draw on the sand so to speak and everything on one side is underrated you know what i mean yeah absolutely and uh, i was going to mention one more film um if you don't mind no go ahead um it, it's with ben affleck it's called The Way Back. It's about a struggling alcoholic who uh, kind of makes a comeback in life and gets his life together and uh, coaches a basketball team back to its winning ways. And uh, actually, the, the director is uh, Gavin O'Connor, who 
who made the iconic um, hockey film. Uh, I forget the name of it, but um, um, I'm trying to remember the name of this film. Was that the one with like Gretzky and all that? It it might have been, but uh, Gavin O'Connor came out with like the accountant. Um, uh, Warrior. Oh, the accountant is very underrated. Miracle is the movie that I was thinking of, though, about no, the USA right, right. Uh, hockey uh, team. Really yes. great film. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the one with, uh, you know, because there was, I believe it was like Wayne Gretzky and like two others. But um, yeah, no, I, I remember that one. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good pick. Um, yeah, Way Back was just really great. Uh, I, I think it's underrated. Um, I think I think the budget was a little bit high, but not not too high where it's like, oh, this got a huge budget and you, you should expect it to be good. But I thought it was kind of underrated. Not a lot of people knew that Ben Affleck uh, was in that film and uh, how good it really was. So I'm going to jump in with a few. Um, okay. First, I'm going to go with one that we didn't even go over in uh, – the, you know, the first take, so to speak, of this. Um, this is uh, the very recently made The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And I'm not talking about, you know, because they, they redid it, you know, by a different director and with different actors, but this is the one with Daniel Craig. And... Um, the Girl with uh, the Dragon Tattoo. Okay, I'll have yeah, to check that the, out. The other one was... Um, oh, goodness. What's her name? And that's going to kill me. But yeah, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with Daniel Craig. And um, that one has, you know, the music is done by Trent Reznor, um, you know, who's, you know, the, 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 the genius behind Nine Inch Nails. Um, yeah. Phenomenal movie, great soundtrack. And I'll, I'm going to put that back to back with The Social Network, which is also Trent Reznor scoring the soundtrack. So, um, you know, I think in the future, the more that he ends up scoring, um, he's going to be known re like very well as somebody who not just made absolutely phenomenal music on his own, but is one of the better, you know, uh, people who do soundtracks um, out there. Um, you know, he, he's got a long way to go to get to like John Williams level or, you know, the goat, Hans Zimmer. Um, Oh, yeah. But, you know, given the fact that every single movie that he's scored is legitimately, like, amazing from a music perspective. Um, like, I believe he also did the music for Gone Girl, which is, like, probably the reason why that movie is as good as it is. I mean, it, it's definitely, it's an interesting movie, but without that soundtrack, I believe it would be completely different. I know so, what you mean. Uh, when it yeah. comes to movie soundtracks, like, it really helps to have a really good soundtrack because yeah. if the movie's good, but the soundtrack sucks, you can still enjoy it. But like, I don't know, it just doesn't hit the same way with uh, a good movie and a good movie soundtrack as well. So now that I've named those two, you know, social network and the girl with the dragon tattoo, um, I'm going to jump into some lighter stuff, you know, a couple of comedies. Uh, okay. From the 80s, too. Like, you know, one's from 1985 and the other's from not far off from that. Um, so we got Police Academy 3. You know, the, the series goes on for something like six or seven movies. But the rest are, in my opinion, exceedingly dull. Um, yeah, Police I agree. Police Academy 3. Oh, my God. Police Academy 3 is amazing. It's hilarious. The rest of the series, I don't really want to watch ever again. <laughs> but, yeah, I know, right? But Police Academy th three is is it's hilarious. There, there's no way around it. Um, phenomenal movie. Uh, and then the other one, another comedy from the same era, is Weekend at Bernie's. Classic. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's classic in like you know from its era. It's phenomenal, but it's also underrated in that. Like, I feel like if it wasn't on Comedy Central, like in recent years, everyone would have forgotten about it. Everyone has forgotten about, and even people who haven't watched uh, Comedy Central, you know, recently, you know, uh, you know, as in the last ten years or so, um, they don't know about it. They they have no clue about that movie, nor have they been told about it because people don't talk about it either. 
Um, so those two are phenomenal movies from the 80s that you just don't see that type of comedy anymore. You know, like the best comedies of this era are like Tropic Thunder, Talladega Nights, stuff like that, you know, um, which those are hilarious movies, but um, they're a lot more in your face. You know what I mean? Like Weekend at Bernie's stars the dead guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> Police Academy, Police Academy 3. There's not really one star. They're all, all the characters in it are very unique and they kind of blend together in a really good way. Whereas, you know, Tropic Thunder, you know, that's legitimately hilarious because of like, if you look at, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, you know, like he, he makes that movie like as funny as it is. Like Jack Black's character is, is, is okay. Um, I feel like people get really tired of Ben Stiller. Um, the guy oh, yeah. who played, the guy who played the, um, um, you know, the, you know, the, the non-fake African-American uh, of <laughs> them. You, you know who I'm talking about. The one who ended up, uh, you know, marrying that guy from the Backstreet Boys at the very end. Um, yeah, it's, funny. it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm going to pull up the cast right now. Yeah, like he's funny, don't get me wrong, but who makes that movie? Robert Downey Jr. makes that movie. You know, and Talladega Nights, I obviously agree. Will Ferrell makes that movie. But like, if you look at like Police Academy 3, you know, um, it's, it's a cumulative effort, so to speak. You know, they're, they're all, you know, all the actors combining to serve their parts. None of them really run the movie. So definitely they don't make them like, like they used to, so to speak. And that's the case no with, I think, both of these. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it kind of falls into the same realm as, uh, as Caddyshack. It's just a classic comedy. Absolutely. So, Nick, what else you got? So um, let me think here. Um, so I don't know if I would really call this movie like underrated, but um, uh, it, it's it's a basketball film. It, it's uh, he got game. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a hilarious one. Goodness gracious! You know what's really funny about that? is it really wasn't the character like juana Juana man or something like that like um <laughs> uh he got he got game is actually uh uh it has ray allen in it and denzel washington and um denzel washington is actually um a convicted felon and he's in oh, jail okay. and uh ray allen is um actually like the star like up and coming like basketball player like okay how i he thought was you were talking college. about that one with the with the wayne brothers where oh. like um, yeah you know what i'm talking about right yeah juana so, man yeah that was funny yeah. i actually enjoyed that film yeah i don't i don't know what the name is of that one but like that one's legitimately hilarious and i think what's really funny about that is like it actually really applies to what's going on now because right now there's a lot of controversy about like um, people who are born men who identify now as women who are going into sports and absolutely dominating, which is nice. But in some situations, like it's absolutely unfair. Um, and in some yeah. situations, like there are people who are legitimately getting hurt and like in ways where it's hard for them to recover from. So I think uh, that movie in general is like, it kind of puts everything into perspective with what's going on right now. Um, and I think that, you know, the world needs a little bit of perspective. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And uh, to just like kind of summarize the, he got game. Um, so basically like, so Ray Allen is this up and coming college. Uh, or is he, is he coming out of high school? I'm trying to, oh, he's coming out of high school and he's, yeah. he's trying to decide like which college to sign with. And his dad is, like, in jail for the attempted murder of his actual mom, yeah, uh, Ray Allen's mom. But it was all an accident. Like, they, they got into an argument, and he pushed her, and then she tragically fell on a stove and hit her head and died. Mm. And uh, so that's why he's in jail. But it, it wasn't his fault at all. But um, 
so like what ends up happening is um so in order for him to to get early parole uh ray allen has to sign uh he has to basically consent to go to the college that the uh that the prison wants him to go to in order for his dad to get out early yeah and so it's basically just his father denzel washington trying to convince ray allen to to go to the college so he can get early parole and um really it's just a fantastic basketball film one of my favorite basketball films of all time actually i wouldn't say that it's higher than hoosiers but it's really up there now i don't think that we can say that field of dreams is not a classic it completely is like that's very clear um but talking about sports movies bull durham i mean like here's the deal Field of Dreams, like, when you think of, like, a baseball movie, you think of Moneyball, you think of Field of Dreams. Like, yep. that's, that's what you immediately think of. But Bull Durham, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is, like, the name. Like, a lot of people are like, huh? You know, that's a baseball movie? Well, I mean, if you know baseball, you know the, the, the Durham Bulls. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that, honestly, and I've said this, I said this in the other one, I think that it's an unbelievably realistic take on on life and love because nobody's perfect everybody has their own flaws and you know nobody is like the whole thing with him is that okay maybe he's a guy who you know he he maybe was not able to be an unbelievably big league star and he just kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and he wasn't good enough and he kept getting released by one organization and another organization and and teams would just basically use him and then just throw him, throw him to the wolves, basically. And he was tired, you know. And you know, he was basically towards the end of his career. And uh, then there's this, you know, the love interest, right? And you know, he shows her that, like, you know, he 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 likes her, but he also establishes boundaries like very quickly, and like is basically along the lines of like, you know, he he's like, oh well, if you're gonna be that way. You know, uh, I'm going to do my own thing. And over time, you know, the, the, the love interest starts to realize that she loves him and that she's tired of, of uh, you know, basically, um, you know, being uh, as promiscuous, should we say, as yep. she has been. And, you know, he understands that she's, you know, doing this, like she's sleeping with, all, you know, this other guy and you know, this has been, you know, the way that she's been. And, you know, he knows that he loves her. And, you know, he, he I won't say tolerates, but he understands, like, uh, that, you know, he can't be with somebody who's doing those things. And he, he sets those boundaries. But at the same time, he knows that he cares. So she starts to realize that she loves him. And then she starts to change and is like, you know, maybe I don't want to be hooking up with this guy when like, this is what I would do. I'd hook up with one guy and I'd improve their baseball game. And I loved doing this year in and year out. And she realized that that wasn't who she is. And, you know, uh, near the end of the movie, they find their way back to each other. And like, there's no bad blood. There's no, you know, well, you did these things. There's, you know, legitimate growth towards each other. And um, I think it's a really beautiful movie because there's no you know, bad blood, there's no uh, animosity, there's just love and forgiveness and growth. And it's very realistic as far as understanding that neither you or your significant other, you know, is flawless. And I think, uh, you know, the fact is, is that if you can grow together and understand each other and genuinely care for each other, um, then, you know, you, you can forgive. Um, and you can move forward and you can lead a beautiful life with the person that you love. And I don't think that there's any other movie that does that. Um, that captures that. Un- yeah, that's yeah, true, Yeah, I think man. it's an unbelievably realistic taste, or, you, know, uh, you know, realistic um, uh, show of, of, uh, of how it's like to, like, you know, be in a relationship long term with somebody um, and, like, learn you know, how to love them, you know, because no relationship yeah. is perfect. 
and you have to be able to work with the other person and you have to be able to um in some cases you know forgive them and accept them and um i think that that's a a, a beautiful thing about life and it's a beautiful thing about love and honestly it's really beautiful that they're able to capture that in a film so i think it's a phenomenal film definitely one of my top 10 and in my opinion an incredibly underrated movie oh yeah definitely um since we're on baseball films uh, i got a baseball film if you don't mind i'll um no I'll go tell ahead you guys about um so not a popular film at all like i don't think any of our listeners or anybody actually in the group chat will even know about this film it actually came out in 2003 um and it's called it was originally called pitcher and pinup now it's not <laughs> it's not anything like that but it's right now called the road home and it's it's a baseball film about this kid who is a minor league pitcher um and he uh, has this big crush on this girl who is a model. She's kind of like a, uh, you know, like a playboy model, sort of. And um, he just falls in love with her, and she only likes him as a friend. And so it's kind of about him trying to um, earn her love, and he's pitching through the minor leagues, and he's trying to get called up to the big leagues and he has a lot of potential and uh, he's got really good stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of sad though. It's kind of sad what, what happens to the kid and and everything that happens to the girl, but it's a good baseball film though, James, I I highly recommend it. I think you would like it. What's it called again? Um, It was originally called pitcher and pinup, but it's uh, right now uh, it, it got renamed the road home. Mm. I'll check that out. I haven't seen that. It, it's. Uh, I don't want to give it away because I was really close to giving it away, but yeah, I don't want to give don't. away the, the ending, but it, I think you would enjoy it. I got you. I got you. You know what? I'm going to name a couple of more just to kind of change the baseball to other movies vibe. These yeah, no movies doubt. were both done by Guy Ritchie. And Guy Ritchie's a very, very interesting um, director. And, you know, there are two movies that he did that uh, a lot of people don't really associate with him um, because he's done a lot of different movies that are like much more highly acclaimed. One of them is a recent movie that nobody's seen called The Gentleman. The other one is, yeah, the other one is uh, the the first Sherlock Holmes with Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. Second one wasn't really good, but the first one was incredible. Um, so definitely, yep. definitely check, uh, check those out if you haven't seen them. That's for sure. Um, you know, I'll name in addition to that, I think this is a movie that like, you know, if you know movies enough, um, you can definitely understand why this one's a great movie. But, you know, given the era that we're in, um, a lot of people also say like it's culturally appropriating. But the whole point of the movie is not to culturally appropriate. The whole point of the movie is for somebody who was involved in the Civil War and, you know, also was involved in, I I believe, the Trail of Tears, um, who uh, was basically involved in, like, basically, you know, massacring, you know, people who are of Native American descent. Um, And, you know, of course, it was stuff that he was told to do, but he still did it. He was commanded to do these things, but he still did it. And it gives him trauma every single time that he, he's, he's at, well, it gives him trauma constantly. He's a heavy drinker because of it. And um, he's really just fed up with his, uh, you know, his commanding officer. Um, and, you know, he, he, he really, he really hates what the military, you know, had people do to, uh, you know, a, a civilization that like, for all intents and purposes was like, you know, just in general, not even all intents and purposes was a peaceful, um, a peaceful group of people that just didn't want to be messed with, you know? Um, And just, you know, a lot of the movie has, uh, the beginning of the movie has him having, you know, flashbacks of just slaughtering women and children. And you can tell like he completely hates himself 
always drinking. Wow. What is know, it called again, like, James? I'm working around to them. It's called The Last oh. Samurai. Oh, okay. And stars Tom Cruise. And this is why they said, oh, it's culturally appropriate. It's not. It's literally showing somebody who just happens to be a white male who, um, you know, did some really evil, evil stuff. And, um, you know, completely doesn't want to be alive anymore because he knows what he did. And he ends up, um, you know, basically getting captured um, by the samurai uh, in Japan when, you know, he's recruited basically to teach um, the Japanese army how to fight with guns. And, um, you know, he, he, he's kept back there, you know, in, in the back mountains, so to speak, uh, not really the backwoods, um, where the samurai live and where they train and all of that during the winter when the passes are kind of closed and it's really hard for anyone to get up there. And he learns about their whole culture and, you know, he falls in love and it's very, like a very conflicted love story because, you know, and I won't, I don't want to give anything away. I'll just say it's a conflicted love story. And uh, at the end of the movie, you know, he's, he's done what he can to try and, uh, make up for what he did and you know it's very clear that he he's never able to make up for what he did but he still was able to help preserve uh, an entire culture so um phenomenal movie um and uh just because it's tom cruise and like he's the star of a movie that's mainly about you know samurai and and, and uh, the japanese history um i don't think that they did any sort of wrong there because it wasn't yeah, about mean, you know yeah it wasn't yeah, about totally. like taking any sort of cultural appropriation stances or anything like that in fact you know it's about being honest about you know what even the union uh side of you know the the u.s army um did back then and how cruel and terrible it was and um it was a story of redemption to a certain degree and it was also a story of um because he didn't he wasn't really able to redeem himself you know <laughs> funny enough we're, we're big baseball fans over here it reminds me of the the whole uh way that a-rod ended his career because a-rod he could have never he could never make up for the amount of steroids he did and how much he lied um yeah and the fact that he's He's never, he was never going to be in the Hall of Fame because of everything that he did. And he was kept out of baseball for a full entire year. But when he did come back, he was ridiculously grateful for everything he was able to do. Most post games that he did anything, you know, where he'd have a post game press. Me too, towards that end, because he ended up being like really team first at that point in time. And whenever he did anything, he had a post game conference, he would really get teary eyed, you know, because for once he was finally being thankful of still being able to play the game that he loved. So, you know, maybe he's not able to, uh, you know, fix all that he did wrong, but nonetheless, he tried. And I think that that, there's something to be said there. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez, I feel like a director needs to do like a movie on on his life. I mean- I think that they need to do a movie on him, McGuire, Clemens and Bonds yes. and just yep. like alternate between their storylines because they all have different ways that that whole situation played out. Like Maguire, he was holding his tongue. Bonds was, if everybody else is doing it, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to exactly say that I did it. You know, uh, A-Rod was very much like, I, I, I'm not saying that I did anything, but I did get caught. And in any sort of big moments, I'd get in my head about how good I was possibly without it and not be able to perform. And Clemens, he was just somebody that hit it with hard work. Um, So I think, you know, those are all fairly unique storylines. And if you tie it into the trial and if you tie it into the years where, you know, some of them were getting caught for it, as well as like at the very end, the fact that none of these guys were able to make the Hall of Fame. I think that's a unbelievably strong plot for a movie, but Oh, I think we're, we're getting. We're, we're getting. I, off, I remember. Off you remember that man? If Bernie Sanders was involved with that, it, it was a crazy era. 
But, it was wild. Man, it made for some good TV, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, goodness gracious. And we could get into a whole podcast about Bernie Sanders, too. Goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll round it out at some point in time. Um, so I got another movie for us. Um, and we talked about this on the previous one, too. And I think we both agreed that it's probably Denzel Washington's best movie. But it's going to get lost in the shuffle of Denzel Washington movies. And that's American Gangster. Him and Russell yeah. Crowe, too. So, like, I don't understand why why it's getting as lost as it is. Because they're both phenomenal. But uh, absolutely uh, great movie. Um, and it did really tell uh, a true story. I like movies that, like, tell true stories, things that happen. Um, and that was certainly one of them. I mean, again, it, not 100% on point, but it did tell the story of, you know, uh, Frank Castle. I believe that that's his actual name, but um, the guy who literally was running, you know, the, the, the heroin rings in, oh, uh, Frank in New York city, Frank. Yeah. Lucas, Frank, yeah. yeah Frank Castle's uh, the other dude. Frank Castle's uh, yeah. that guy in the, the TV show. Um, Frank yeah, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was going to sound stupid there for a moment, but yeah, um, he, he, you know, he was involved with like, you know, after, you know, Vietnam getting the drugs shipped over from, from there. Um, and, uh, it wasn't just that he was, you know, doing those types of things, but he also gave back to the community. So he's a very complicated character. Um, yeah. but you know, it's a phenomenal movie and it's also phenomenal to understand like what happens with him at the end. And I'm not going to give anything away, but, um, definitely a phenomenal movie to check out. And, um, it's definitely one of the better mob movies out there. Nobody remembers it. So no, I mean, I, I think, I think Rotten Tomatoes when it was reviewing it gave it an eighty. I mean, dude, this. I think American Gangster deserves higher than an eighty score. Yeah, so especially I would, looking. Back. I would say it's underrated. I, I definitely yeah. would say it's an underrated film. And then you know we also talked about this one. This was one of the first ones that we talked about. Donnie Darko. Oh wow! Yeah, great film. Um, the the budget of that film wasn't wasn't that high too, and it it was a really great film. Yeah, um, very dark film, film Darko film, <laughs> um, and it was also one of the the Gyllenhaal's first movies. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal in real life they're brother sister, obviously, but in the movie they're also brother sister. So um, I think it was a very it was a very cool dynamic, but also like it was a very dark movie. Um, I like movies that kind of um, have that like impending feeling of doom. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then at the end, like it doesn't particularly end in like your, you know, your your usual way, so to speak. You know, um, it's a not movie all that I have to rewatch. Donnie Darko. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that because I. I had to watch it two times um, to to fully absorb it and uh, take it in. And um, I I think I forget at times that Drew Barrymore and Seth Rogen are in that film. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And um, what was that one um, that was a TV show with the guy who was a, a flying sword, like a magician or something like that? Um, he plays uh, Drew Drew Barrymore's love interest. And in addition oh. to that, the guy who plays, uh, you know, the, the giant bunny rabbit, you know what I mean? The yeah. The guy who plays him is also um, that older brother in uh, Independence Day. So it's got a really interesting cast. Um, so that, you know, that's a great one. That's a very underrated one. And then, honestly, the movie that I think is, like, top five most underrated of all time is Tron Legacy. The uh, Daft Punk does the soundtrack. Um, the CGI is as good as it gets. Um, you know, people kind of forget about it because it was also when like Disney was kind of changing their ways and it's a Disney yeah. movie. Um, but phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Um, it's not exactly, you know, plot wise going to blow your mind, but between yeah. the way that they do the music, between the way that they do, um, the CGI and, you know, Jeff Bridges is in it and like, you know, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde is in it. And um, I always forget the guy who played the main character. He's an exceedingly not memorable name. 
Um, but he's been in a couple of other things. I just think that's probably the best thing he's ever been in. Um, but if you haven't seen that movie, you're missing out. And I don't think it's viewed as a classic. I don't think it's viewed as one of the best action movies or sci-fi movies of its time. It's just viewed as a movie. And I think uh, people are missing out, completely missing out. I think the only, the only other movie in history that like the, the, the music artist in it um, was, you know, a, I guess a professional musician um, was, I believe, Blade Runner with Vangelis. But, you know, even then, I'm not familiar at all with Vangelis. Um, no, me neither. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't be someone to even, like, talk confidently there. Um, so, yeah, definitely Tron Legacy. That's, that's a very clear one. And then, you know what? I'm going to step back from something that's really recent to something that came out in the 50s. And this one we also oh, wow. talked about a little bit earlier, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It still holds up. It's a phenomenal film. Uh, you know, obviously based off of a book. But uh, people don't watch it. I, I don't know why they don't watch it. Um, it's a great movie. It holds up despite the fact that, like, it literally came out, like, 70 years ago. Like, that, <laughs> that's a long time for a movie to still hold up. Yeah, that's um, a really old film. Yeah. And, and people kind of have forgot about it. You know, it got lost in the waves. Um, oh, that, that's the movie that was uh, built based on a book, right? Yes. And I said lost in the waves because it's 20,000 leagues under the sea. You know what I mean? Bazing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's see. I got a couple more to go through here. And then, you know, we're, I'm fairly well-rounded here, um, you know, in terms of like uh, going through all the ones that I view at least to be really underrated. Um, American Psycho with uh, Christian American Bale. American Psycho. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now we're talking absolutely awesome movie um like the main character is nuts like (laughs) (laughs) like that's basically the core of the movie you know so it's great it's a phenomenal movie if you haven't seen it definitely check it out it's gonna weird you like weird you the heck out man it's gonna it's it's one of those but it's also like it's one of the best thrillers that i've ever seen yeah yeah, I mean, it might, it's one of those movies that might even go into like its own category because thrillers are supposed to be like, you know, building up some tension, you know, you feel like the adrenaline going on, you know, but it's just yeah, like, yeah, it's just a crazy dude. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the movie is. It's a crazy dude. You know, it says it in yep. the title, American Psycho. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that one, oh my God, you're missing out. Um, oh, yeah, no, I've Nick, seen you, it. It's great. Do you have a couple more? Because I, I can name my last few, but like, you know, I don't want to monopolize the last little bit that we got on this podcast. Uh, for, for underrated films as far, um, let me see. No, that's not really, well, maybe. I, I would maybe consider that underrated. Actually, um, uh, hit me with it. Let me see here. Um, I, I know the name of the movie, but I just, I have to look. You up can the look actor. it up. Yeah, look it up, and I'll I'll do mine. Um, um, let me so um, there's this movie, and we talked about King Kong not exactly making this list because it's well known enough, high budget movie, Peter Jackson, you know. Yeah. Um, but like on on a on a lower level, another Jack Black movie, uh, and odd, you know, obviously a funny one because that's what he usually does is one that not a lot of people have seen. It's called Polka King. And he's okay. starring as this guy. It's, it's a very real story. This guy who was like a legitimate polka star. Like that was his thing. And um, what ended up happening was he ended up defrauding like a whole bunch of the people who are like his fans who are like on the older side, which is most of his fan group. And he ended up defrauding them like millions and millions of dollars. It was like a situation where they thought that they could invest with him. And he just took the money and started spending it on shows and making like his, his uh, shows more intricate. And he ended up going to prison for it. Um, but it's a great movie. It's very funny. And it's a true story, too. And, you know, you got to love that type of thing. Most true stories I got to check like, that out. Jack Black's in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Polka King. Um, 
phenomenal movie, very funny, and most true stories aren't comedies. So um, definitely check that out if you haven't seen it spelled Polka, P-O-L-K-A, just in case you don't know how to spell that. I mean, it's its own kind of music, which is not a good kind of music, like pretty (laughs) objectively bad. Um, And then the other one, which is kind of like a coming of age story about like, you know, people and their friends picking different careers and taking their life down different paths. Um, But nonetheless, like growing, growing up, being able to keep each other in each other's lives, you know, staying family, you know, staying, staying close, despite the fact that you are going down different paths and um, just stepping up and being, you know, going from, you know, one of the boys to being your own grown person capable of making your own decisions, being brave. And um, it's also like a Christmas movie. It's got Anthony Mackie in it, Seth Rogen in it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Uh, Miley Cyrus shows up for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's absolutely hilarious. And it's called The Night Before. It's a Christmas movie. And it's always something that, you know, I want to watch with the bros, you know, with, with our buddies um, around the time that the holidays are, are, are happening. Because we all right now are definitely going through our own life paths and, and finding ways to live more authentic to ourselves. And we're doing it while uh, maintaining enough trust and respect and keeping each other in each other's lives. Um, but also understanding that like as adults, it's just be, you know, hanging out with each other, you know, um, you yeah. know, just kicking it all the time that, you know, we have to, we have to grow up at some point and we all are going down our own paths in order to do that. And I think we have unbelievable respect for each other because of that, um, because of each other's, you know, uh, individuality. And I think it's, um, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a great Christmas movie too. So I think I'll finish with that one. Um, that's okay, it for I me. Got a, that's all I, I got. got. What do you got? All I right, got a couple. All right. um, so uh, the first yeah, one I got is uh, Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Um, now, it, it wasn't reviewed as, as well as I, I thought it should be because uh, it got mixed reviews, but I, I always loved Constantine. I always appreciated the cinematography of the film. Uh, I thought Keanu Reeves was a perfect Constantine. He was, he was awesome. You know, um, to loop things around, it's kind of similar to The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves. You know, you named is, that at the yeah. beginning. So that, since we're naming this at the end, it's funny how that kind of bookends things. Yeah, I, I just love the film. And, and I, I really want a sequel. I, I would love to see a Constantine too, um, because I, I thought it was, I, I liked the film. I really did. I think it's a really underrated film. Um, and then another one is uh, 500 Days of Summer. Mm. Um, oh, that's I, a great one. I love that film. It, it's not your typical love story. Um, yeah, it, it's, absolutely. It's, Joseph Gordon-Levitt it, and uh, Zoe Deschanel. And yes. And uh, it, it's just, it's one of those films that are just so real. Like, yes, uh, everybody goes through and it's just, just an amazing film I, I really liked it and um you know i it's always a film that i i highly recommend to people who are who are looking for it's not necessarily a comedy but just a just a, a really relatable great film just and, an honest uh, movie yeah you know i have a funny yeah. story about that and then we can i feel like we can leave it off on that is um the first girl that i ever loved um you know she's still in my family she's a sweetheart um, she ended up over time being much more of a sister figure. And it's yeah. funny because that's, that's a movie that she, she told me to watch because she wasn't really into me in return. Um, yeah. And it was a way of like, over time, I've understood that like, yeah, that's exactly the case between us where it's like, you know, we've had a lot of great moments and moments where we've really cared about each other, very special moments. But at the beginning and the end of the day, we just weren't fits for each other. We just had imagined or at least on my side, I had imagined um, a, a version of her that was idealized. And, you know, it's not like I'd say that it doesn't exist, but the version of her that I had in my head was um, a lot bigger than who she was. It was her plus a lot of other things. And I think now we're very different people. We, you know, we still care a lot about each other and we have a lot of history. And we like hanging out. We like talking. I actually talked to her earlier today. 
but we've both moved on in life and you know i got this wonderful girl and she's found this you know great guy and uh in the movie um like, like you said it doesn't exactly end the way most love stories end um and both sides were like kind of moving on with their lives and a, a lot of the time we idealize you know um the person that we love and we build up a person that is much bigger than who they actually are and create a situation where um, they can never measure up to it. And I'm just really thankful that, you know, the person in my life was able to stay in my life and that we were able to find a way forward. And now, you know, they're family to me. So I think that that is a beautiful movie. It is. And it I really identify is, yeah. with it. I really do. And I think it's actually kind of beautiful that that's the movie that she kicked my way when, uh, you know, she realized before I did that there was no chance. Like it wasn't going to yeah. happen. Um, obviously before I did, because um, she was the one that turned me down, but um, she wanted to let me down slow. And uh, in her own way, um, referring me to that was the way that she, she could do it in, in a way that was uh, a way of communicating that to me. Because, uh, you know, she obviously didn't want to hurt me. I, really I hear you, man. That, and, so. and, and how about the narrator's voice in that movie? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Amazing stuff. And, uh, All right. And one more movie, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. On my I got end, you. Uh, uh, Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler. Just great film. All right. I mean, I actually haven't seen that one, so I'll check it out. I love all of Adam Sandler's movies. Uh, Billy Madison, The Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Big Daddy, uh, what's that one? Um, Mr. Deeds. So I'll check oh, yeah. that one out too, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. Rain um, Over Me was, uh, was, um, was shot like in 2007, but it, it kind of, it kind of is, uh, um, around the events of like nine 11 as well. Uh, um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to give it away, but no, it's, no, it's please really, don't, please don't. I really got great you. film. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Nick, that's all you got. Um, you want to close this out or should I? Yeah, you can, man. Go ahead. All right. I, I love this part. Okay. So appreciate you coming by. Uh, James and Nick talking about some uh, movies this time. Uh, we're going to figure out the next topic to talk to you guys about the next podcast that we do. Thanks for coming Absolutely. by and uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Thank you, James. And uh, we'll talk soon.